My name is Sir Roland, a title earned not by birthright but through a life forged in the crucible of conflict and strife. In the realm where the weak perish and the strong carve their legends, I stood as a knight defined by resilience. On a fateful twilight, as the sun dipped below the horizon, painting the sky in hues of dying embers, a summons came. Cloaked in the solemnity of twilight, an elder, his face marked with the wisdom of years and the sorrow of a burdened soul, approached. His eyes, though weary, burned with an unyielding purpose. Sir Roland, he began, his voice a whisper, yet it carried the weight of impending doom. A task of grave importance and peril awaits. The Iron Citadel, a fortress shrouded in darkness and despair, harbors a force most malevolent, the heart of a demon. The mere mention of the Iron Citadel sent a shiver down my spine. Nestled deep within the treacherous embrace of the Iron Mountains, Tales of its damned walls and the horrors within were fodder for nightmares. It was said to be a place where the sky perpetually mourned and the wind wailed in sorrow. The heart, the elder continued, his gaze never faltering, is an artifact of unspeakable power. In the wrong hands, it could usher an age of darkness. You, Sir Roland, have been chosen to retrieve it, to prevent a catastrophe that could rend the fabric of our world. I stood, absorbing the weight of his words. This was no ordinary quest. It was a journey into the heart of darkness, a test of every skill honed in battle, every instinct sharpened by survival. My hand instinctively rested on the hilt of my sword, an extension of my will and a companion through countless battles. As you command, I replied, my voice steady, betraying none of the turmoil that stirred within. The elder nodded, a ghost of a smile fleeting across his face, as if acknowledging the enormity of the task he had laid at my feet. The night grew deeper, and as the elder departed, the wind carried whispers of the challenges that lay ahead. The iron citadel awaited, a monolith of despair and fear, hiding within its heart the seed of potential ruin. I knew then, as the stars bore witness, that my journey would be one of peril and revelation, a path that could lead to glory or damnation. And so, under the cloak of night, I prepared. My armour, each piece a symbol of battles won and losses mourned, was adorned with solemn reverence. My blade, kissed by the light of the moon, was a sliver of silver against the encroaching darkness. The morrow would herald the beginning of my journey, to the Iron Citadel, where fate would unveil its cruel or fortuitous design. Before dawn broke, I stood ready, clad in my armour, a collage of scars and victories. My provisions were meagre, food, water and a few tools that had more than once turned the tide of battle. My horse, a steadfast companion named Brego, snorted in the cool morning air, sensing the magnitude of our journey. The world was still asleep as we set out, the only sound being the rhythmic clink of my armour and the soft thud of Brego's hooves against the earth. The path before us was shrouded in mist, a spectral veil that seemed to hide the known world and signal our passage into a realm of uncertainty and peril. The first rays of the sun cut through the fog. We travelled through valleys where the morning dew glistened on every blade of grass, reflecting the rising sun like a sea of tiny flames. 
Forests of ancient oaks and whispering pines stood guard, their leaves murmuring secrets of ages past. As days passed, the landscape began to shift. The lush greenery gave way to barren lands, where the wind howled its mournful song through the rocky crags. Here, the sun was a relentless overseer, its gaze unyielding and harsh. Each day in the saddle left my body aching. The iron mountains loomed in the distance, their peaks like jagged teeth biting into the sky. Legend spoke of them as a barrier between the realms of men and the forsaken land where the iron citadel stood. With each mile traversed, the weight of their ominous presence grew heavier. Nights were spent under the open sky, the constellations bearing witness to my solitary vigil. I tended to Brego with care, for he was a loyal friend, sharing the burden of this perilous journey. Our campfires were small, the flames dancing like wraiths, casting fleeting shadows that merged with the darkness. The closer we got to the base of the Iron Mountains, the more visible the change in the air became. It grew colder, the warmth of the sun smothered by the looming peaks. The path narrowed and twisted, snaking its way through the mountain pass, where the wind whispered of forgotten sorrows and unspoken fears. As we ascended, the vegetation dwindled, leaving only the hardiest of plants clinging to life amidst the rocks. The path was treacherous with loose stones and steep drops. Brego's hooves found purchase with careful precision, his instinct guiding us safely through the perilous terrain. Finally, after what seemed like an eternity, the path opened up to reveal our destination. The Iron Citadel stood before us, a colossal structure of despair and darkness, its towering walls forged from the very mountain it inhabited. Its gates, massive and menacing, were like the maw of some ancient slumbering beast. I dismounted, taking a moment to gaze upon the citadel. This was the heart of my quest, the lair where the demon's heart lay hidden. A shiver ran down my spine, not from the cold, but from the realization of the daunting task that lay ahead. Brego nickered softly, breaking the silence. I patted his neck, whispering words of reassurance both for him and myself. The descent of night brought a chilling quietude to the land, broken only by the occasional rustling of leaves or the distant howl of a lone wolf. As I set up camp in a secluded clearing, the stars overhead were a canopy of radiant eyes watching silently. Brego grazed nearby, his ears twitching at the slightest sound. It was then, in the stillness of the night, that I sensed an unsettling shift in the air. The hairs on the back of my neck stood on end. Years of battle had honed my instincts to detect the lurking presence of danger. I extinguished the fire hastily. Silhouettes emerged from the shadows of the trees, encircling the camp with deliberate stealth. Bandits, their eyes glinting with greed and malice under the moonlight. Their leather armor creaked quietly, and the subtle unsheathing of blades whispered death. Looks like we've found ourselves a lone knight, one sneered, stepping forward with a crooked grin. His blade, though crudely made, glinted sharply. I stood calmly, my hand resting on the hilt of my sword. Leave now and I'll spare you, I offered, my voice a low rumble of warning. 
Laughter met my words. They advanced, emboldened by their numbers. The leader lunged first, his blade arcing towards me in a crude but powerful swing. With a swift motion, I drew my sword, its steel singing as it met his in a clash of sparks. I moved with precision, each step calculated, each strike deliberate. My sword was an extension of my will, cutting through the air with lethal grace. The bandits were skilled, but they lacked discipline, their attacks wild and erratic. I parried a thrust, spinning to deliver a swift blow to my assailant's side. He crumpled to the ground, a groan escaping his lips. Another came at me from behind, but I anticipated the move, sidestepping and elbowing him in the face, feeling the crunch of bone. The clash of steel rang through the night, a deadly dance illuminated by the cold light of the moon. I fought not with anger, but with purpose, understanding that this skirmish was but a shadow of the battles that lay ahead in the Iron Citadel. A bandit lunged, overextended, and I seized the opportunity. My blade found its mark, cutting through leather and flesh with a clean strike. He fell, joining his companions in defeat. The remaining bandits hesitated, their bravado faltering as they witnessed the fall of their comrades. Their eyes darted between me and the fallen, the reality of their situation dawning on them. With a snarl of frustration, they retreated into the night, their footsteps fading into the darkness. I stood alone amongst the fallen bandits, my sword dripping with the evidence of combat. Sheathing my sword, I tended to Brego, who had watched the skirmish with alert eyes. Fear not, my friend, I murmured, patting his neck. This night's ordeal is over. As dawn broke, the Iron Citadel stood before me, a monolith of misery. Its massive structure was carved into the very mountain, an unholy fusion of nature and man's ominous design. The walls, dark and impenetrable, rose high, their surface a tapestry of iron and stone, weathered by time and sorrow. The main gate, a colossal structure of rusted iron, bore ominous inscriptions in a language lost to time, symbols that whispered of old magic and older evils. It stood ajar, as if inviting yet warning those who dared to enter. I stepped through, crossing the threshold into the domain of shadows. Inside, the citadel was a web of corridors and halls, each turn revealing a new aspect of its grim nature. My boots echoed on the stone floor, the sound a lonely drumbeat in the oppressive silence. Torches hung at intervals along the walls. The light touched upon carvings and statues, grotesque depictions of battles and suffering. I proceeded cautiously, my senses heightened to every sound, every movement in the dim light. The corridors seemed to stretch endlessly, turning and twisting in a maze-like fashion. Here and there, doors of heavy wood or iron stood closed, hiding secrets. In one large hall, the remnants of what might have been a grand feast long ago lay scattered. A long table, its surface covered in a thick layer of dust, bore the remains of meals untouched for centuries. Chairs lay overturned, as if their occupants had fled in haste or been interrupted by some unspeakable horror. Whispers seemed to cling to the walls, remnants of screams and cries that had once filled these halls, as I ventured deeper into the citadel, the oppressive atmosphere grew. 
The walls seemed to close in, the air becoming tighter, as if the very citadel itself was aware of my intrusion and sought to suffocate me. In one chamber, the remnants of a battle long past lay frozen in time. Skeletons clad in rusted armor lay scattered across the floor, their weapons still gripped in bony hands. A heavy silence hung over the scene, a somber monument to the fallen. The further I ventured, the more the citadel revealed its sinister nature. Traps, both mechanical and magical, lay hidden in shadows and behind innocuous turns. I navigated these with caution, aware that one misstep could be my last. The oppressive silence was shattered by the sound of marching. From the gloom, a phalanx of iron-clad soldiers emerged, their armor a mirror of the citadel itself, dark, cold, and unyielding. Their movements were rigid, yet precise, a nightmarish imitation of the living soldiers they once might have been. I readied my sword, its blade a sliver of light in the dim corridor. The soldiers advanced, their formation tight, shields raised, and spears pointed forward. There was no life in their eyes, only the hollow glow of a sinister magic that animated their metal frames. The first collision was a dissonance of metal against metal. I swung my sword with precision, aiming for the gaps in their armor. The iron-clad soldiers were relentless, their attacks coordinated and unceasing. Each block and parry required my utmost concentration. My training as a knight pushed to its limits. I realized brute force would not win this battle. These soldiers, bound by dark magic, were tireless, feeling neither pain nor fear. I needed to outmaneuver them to use my agility against their rigid formation. Darting forward, I thrust at one soldier, then quickly rolled aside, evading a counter-strike from his comrade. I rose and slashed downwards, my sword biting into the joint of an enemy's armor. With a metallic screech, the soldier staggered, its movements faltering. I continued this dance of steel and strategy, weaving through their ranks, striking with swift, targeted blows. My breathing grew heavy, the weight of my armor a constant companion in this deadly ballet. One soldier lunged, its spear aiming for my heart, but I sidestepped, using its momentum against it. I pushed it into another, tangling them momentarily. In that brief respite, I struck, my blade severing the magical conduits that powered the soldier's animation. But for every soldier that fell, another seemed to take its place. I was a lone warrior against a tide of iron and dark magic. Fatigue began to claw at my muscles, sweat dripped into my eyes, but I could not afford to falter. Then, seizing a moment of opportunity, I leaped onto a nearby ledge, gaining higher ground. From this vantage point, I launched a barrage of attacks, descending upon them like a tempest. Each strike was a calculated risk. Finally, after what seemed like hours, the last of the iron-clad soldiers collapsed in a heap of metal and dark magic, its glow fading into oblivion. I stood amidst the wreckage of my foes, panting, my sword's blade stained with the remnants of their unnatural life force. With cautious steps, I ventured deeper into the iron citadel, each footfall reverberating in the oppressive silence that now seemed even more profound. As I descended a narrow stairwell, the air grew colder, the stone walls damp and slick to the touch. 
The light from my torch danced against the ancient stones. The deeper regions of the citadel were a maze of corridors, each turn revealing a more sinister aspect of its design. The silence was suddenly broken by a faint clicking sound. Instinctively, I halted, listening. The sound grew louder, a mechanical whirring that seemed to emanate from the walls themselves. I realized too late that I had triggered a trap. From slits in the walls, blades shot out, their edges glinting with a deadly promise. I threw myself backward, rolling away as the blade swept through the space where I had stood moments before. I rose cautiously, examining the trigger I had inadvertently stepped on, a slightly raised stone tile, nearly indistinguishable from the rest. The realization dawned on me that this place was a fortress designed to protect the heart of the demon with cunning and malice. Pressing forward, I encountered a hall with a high ceiling, the center of which was dominated by a large ornate statue of a warrior. Its eyes, two large gemstones seemed to follow my movements. In the statue's shadow, a door led onwards, but it was sealed shut with no apparent handle or keyhole. Upon closer inspection, I noticed that the statue's arms were movable, and at its feet lay a series of tiles, each engraved with different symbols. It was a puzzle, one that required both thought and physical manipulation. I studied the symbols, recognizing the ancient language of the realm. They told a story of war and sacrifice, of a demon's wrath and a kingdom's fall. The solution to the puzzle lay in aligning the statue's arms to mirror the tale depicted by the symbols. With careful movements, I adjusted the arms, aligning them with the narrative carved in stone. As the final arm clicked into place, a low rumble echoed through the hall. The sealed door slowly opened, revealing yet another passageway, darker than the last. As I ventured forth, the complexity of the Citadel's defences became increasingly apparent. Traps of cunning design, puzzles that tested the mind, each a guardian of the demon's heart. I realised that brute strength would not suffice. Intellect and insight were equally essential weapons in this endeavour. The deeper I ventured into the Iron Citadel, the more I felt as though I was traversing through a forgotten era, a place lost in time and shrouded in dark mystery. It was in a vast hall, where shadows clung to the walls like spectres, that I first noticed the figure. Shrouded in a cloak that seemed to absorb the feeble light, the figure stood motionless. Approaching cautiously, my hand instinctively resting on the hilt of my sword, I called out, Who goes there, friend or foe? The figure remained silent for a moment before responding its voice a soft, melodic whisper that contrasted sharply with the grim environment. Neither, it said, I am but a guardian of truths, a keeper of secrets long forgotten. As the figure stepped into the light, the cloak fell back to reveal a face that was both ancient and ageless, eyes that held the depth of centuries. The guardian, for that was the only title that seemed fitting, regarded me with a gaze that pierced through the shadows of doubt. Why do you walk these damned halls, knight? The guardian asked, each word measured and deliberate. I seek the heart of the demon, I replied, my voice steady despite the uncertainty that the guardian's presence evoked. 
A quest that carries the weight of both doom and salvation, the Guardian mused. The heart you seek is indeed within these walls, but its power is not to be underestimated. It is a relic of darkness, a vessel of ancient evil that can bring ruin as easily as it can bestow power. The hall seemed to grow colder with the Guardian's words. How can I find it? I asked. The path is full of dangers, both seen and unseen, the Guardian warned. You must navigate the Labyrinth of Echoes, a maze that confounds both the mind and senses. There, illusions will seek to lead you astray, and only by trusting your innermost instincts will you find your way through. The Guardian moved closer, extending a hand to reveal a small, intricately carved amulet. Take this, they said. It will direct you through the labyrinth, but beware, its power will also make you a target to the forces that dwell within these walls. I reached out and took the amulet, its surface cold to the touch. As I clasped it in my hand, a faint glow emanated from its core, a heartbeat of light in the surrounding darkness. Thank you, I said. The Guardian nodded, the faintest hint of a smile touching their lips. Go now, knight. Your destiny awaits in the heart of the Citadel. Remember, the line between truth and deception is thin. Trust in your instincts, and you may yet prevail. With those final words, the Guardian faded into the shadows, leaving me alone once more. Guided by the amulet's faint light, I ventured deeper into the Iron Citadel, each step taking me further into its damned heart. It was in this oppressive atmosphere that I entered the haunted halls, a place where the Citadel's dark history bled into the present, blurring the lines between reality and nightmare. The corridor stretched before me, its length shrouded in an alien mist that seemed to swirl and whisper with voices of the damned. The stone underfoot was no longer cold and solid, but felt spongy, as if soaked with the blood of countless unspoken atrocities. As I moved forward, the walls appeared to breathe, coated in what seemed like a living membrane, slick and glistening in the dim light. My torchlight cast grotesque shadows, revealing faces twisted in eternal agony, their silent screams carved into the stone. The amulet grew warmer against my chest, its glow intensifying as if reacting to the unseen forces that haunted these halls. Whispers filled the air that seemed to come from everywhere and nowhere. Words formed and dissipated in the mist, tales of betrayal, loss and despair. Then from the depths of the mist figures began to materialise. Ghostly apparitions, spectral remnants of the Citadel's tragic past, they roamed the corridor, their movements ethereal and disjointed. Their eyes, hollow and void of life, seemed to see through me. Yet they bore an unspeakable sadness, a longing for release from their eternal torment. I felt a chill run down my spine. Not from the cold, but from the touch of something unseen. A caress that was both ethereal and chillingly real. A ghostly figure, a young woman clad in tattered robes, drifted towards me. Her face was a mask of sorrow, her eyes pools of darkness. She reached out her hand passing through my armour as if it were mere mist. Her voice was a whisper, yet it echoed in my mind. Turn back, knight. This place is not for the living. I pressed on, my resolve hardening against the phantoms and their mournful warnings. 
The amulet's light was a torch in the suffocating darkness, guiding me through the haunted corridor. The figures wailed and moaned, their voices a symphony of despair, but I could not afford to heed their calls. Finally, the haunted corridor gave way to a grand hall, the mist dissipating to reveal a vast vaulted ceiling that disappeared into darkness. The ghostly figures faded into the shadows, their presence leaving a lingering sense of sorrow in the air. Leaving the stillness of the haunted halls behind, I ventured forth into a section of the Iron Citadel that seemed to twist reality itself. The walls here were lined with intricate carvings that depicted scenes of chaos and destruction, their details so lifelike that they seemed to sway in the wavering torchlight. As I navigated this area, the amulet's glow pulsated, as if warning me of imminent danger. My senses were on high alert, the lessons learned from my previous encounters in this malevolent fortress etched deep in my mind. It was in a narrow passageway, where the ceiling arched low and the walls seemed to close in, that I felt a sudden shift underfoot. A tile had depressed slightly at my weight, a trap. Instinctively, I leapt forward just as the passage behind me erupted in a storm of darts, their tips glinting menacingly in the dim light. The darts embedded themselves in the walls ahead, quivering as if with malice. I narrowly avoided them, feeling the rush of air as they passed mere inches from my body. My heart pounded in my chest, the realization of how close I had come to death, sending a cold shiver down my spine. Catching my breath, I examined the trap's mechanism. It was a cunningly designed snare, meant to catch intruders off guard in the confined space. As I looked closer, I noticed something peculiar about the arrangement of the darts in the wall. They formed a pattern. Not random, as I had first thought, but deliberate. The darts outlined the shape of a serpent, its body coiling around what appeared to be a sun. I recognized the symbolism from the lore of the Old Kingdoms. It represented Atherus, the deity of knowledge and secrets. This was no mere trap. It was a clue hidden in plain sight. Intrigued, I followed the direction in which the serpent's head pointed. This led me to a part of the wall that seemed no different from the rest. However, upon closer inspection, I discovered that one of the stones was slightly recessed. Pressing it cautiously, I heard a soft click, and a section of the wall slid away, revealing a hidden alcove. Inside the alcove lay an ancient scroll, its parchment brittle with age. I unfurled it carefully, revealing a map of the Iron Citadel. The map detailed pathways that I had not encountered, including a direct route to what was labelled as the Heart Hall, the likely location of the Demon's Heart. I carefully tucked the scroll into my pack. Guided by the ancient map, I navigated through the winding, treacherous corridors of the Iron Citadel with a newfound confidence. The path was less random now. After traversing through a series of halls, each adorned with haunting carvings that told tales of war and despair, I arrived at a seemingly unremarkable section of the corridor. According to the map, this was the location of a secret hall, hidden from the untrained eye. Carefully examining the walls, I noticed a faint outline that suggested a doorway, cleverly concealed within the intricate patterns of the stone. Tracing my fingers along its edges, 
I found a small indentation, a keyhole of sorts, requiring something other than a conventional key. I recalled the amulet given to me by the mysterious guardian and removed it from around my neck. The amulet fit perfectly into the indentation. As I pressed it in, there was a low grinding noise, and the wall slowly receded, revealing the hidden hall. It was circular, its walls lined with shelves filled with ancient tomes and artifacts, dust-covered and forgotten by time. In the centre stood a pedestal, upon which rested a large crystal orb. As I approached the pedestal, the orb's light intensified, filling the hall with a spectral glow. It was then that I felt it, a powerful force emanating from the orb. Cautiously, I reached out to touch the orb, but the moment my fingers brushed its surface, the room trembled. The shelves rattled, sending books and artifacts crashing to the floor. A deep, resonant hum filled the hall, growing louder with each passing second. Suddenly, from the orb, a burst of energy erupted, forming a barrier around the pedestal. The air crackled with power, and I realized that the orb was not merely an object of interest. It was a guardian, a protector of something far more significant. I stepped back, assessing the situation. The barrier was a radiant wall of energy, impenetrable to the touch. It was clear that brute force would not suffice to bypass this obstacle. There must be a way to deactivate the barrier, perhaps hidden within the knowledge contained in this hall. The realization dawned on me that this secret hall was a test of wisdom and insight, as much as it was a physical barrier. The answers I sought were likely hidden within the ancient tomes and artifacts that surrounded me. Determined to overcome this challenge, I began to meticulously examine each shelf, each book and relic, searching for a clue that would help me unlock the secrets of the orb and the barrier it had conjured. After hours of meticulous study, I unearthed a tome that whispered of an ancient ritual to dispel magical barriers. With the knowledge gleaned, I approached the barrier and uttered the arcane words. Slowly, the energy dissipated, allowing me passage. Beyond the barrier lay a grand hall, tall, arched ceilings adorned with intricate frescoes depicting celestial scenes stretched above. At the far end of the hall, upon a throne carved from black stone, sat the citadel's master. He was an imposing figure, clad in armour that seemed to absorb the dim light. His eyes, glowing faintly red, watched my approach with an unsettling stillness. I wondered how long it would take for someone of your caliber to reach me. He spoke, his voice resonant and chilling. You are either very brave or very foolish, knight. I seek the heart of the demon, I said, standing before him, my hand on my sword's hilt. I will leave with it, one way or another. The citadel's master chuckled. Do you understand what you seek? The heart is not a mere trinket. It is power incarnate, born from the darkness of the abyss. I understand its dangers, I replied, but its power in the wrong hands would be catastrophic. I intend to ensure that doesn't happen. The master stood, his towering presence imposing. Many have come before you, seeking the heart for glory, for power. All have failed. What makes you think you will be any different? I am not driven by glory or the thirst for power, I stated firmly. 
I am here to protect my realm from the shadow that this citadel casts upon it. A moment of silence passed between us, the master appraising me with his piercing gaze. Then, slowly, he began to descend the steps of his throne. Very well, knight, he said, drawing a sword that seemed to be forged from darkness itself. If it is the heart you seek, you must prove your worth. Only the worthy can wield its power without succumbing to its corruption. As he spoke, the shadows in the hall seemed to converge around him. I drew my sword, the familiar weight of the blade a comfort in my hand. We circled each other, two warriors with contrasting ideals, bound by a singular goal. His movements were fluid, a dance of shadows and steel. I matched his steps, countering his strikes with the precision honed through countless battles. The clash of our swords resonated in the Grand Hall. Each strike was met with a parry, each thrust with a dodge. This was not merely a physical confrontation, but a test of wills, a battle between light and darkness. You are skilled, knight, the master conceded, his strikes becoming more fervent. But skill alone will not win you the heart. I do not fight alone, I replied, thinking of the countless lives that depended on my success. I carry the hopes and fears of my people with me. Our swords clashed once more, a burst of sparks illuminating the hall. It was a battle of endurance. And in that moment, I understood that this confrontation was but a prelude to the true challenge that awaited, claiming the heart of the demon and withstanding its corrupting influence. The battle with the Citadel's master ended with him yielding, a sign of respect to my skill and determination. He gestured towards an ornate door behind the throne, its surface etched with symbols that throbbed with a dark energy. The heart lies beyond, he said solemnly. Be wary, for its power is not easily tamed. Pushing open the door, I entered a chamber that contrasted starkly with the rest of the citadel. It was a dome-shaped room, the walls lined with crystalline structures that emitted a faint glow. In the center stood a pedestal, and upon it lay the heart of the demon, an obsidian-like gem. As I approached, I felt a wave of energy emanating from the heart. It was an overwhelming presence, one that threatened to consume my very essence. The air around it crackled with dark power, and the ground beneath me vibrated with its malevolence. Remembering the Guardian's warning and the Citadel's master's words, I steeled my mind against the seductive whispers that began to fill the chamber. The heart was trying to ensnare me, to corrupt my resolve with promises of power and glory. I reached into my pack and pulled out a small lead-lined box, the only object capable of containing such malevolent energy. As I opened it and prepared to secure the heart, the chamber shook violently an indication that the citadel itself was reacting to the impending loss of its dark centerpiece. Suddenly from the shadows emerged spectral figures, guardians of the heart, their forms ethereal and shifting. They moved towards me, their wails a chaos of despair. I realized then that this was the final trap, a defense mechanism conjured by the citadel to protect its most precious relic. Drawing my sword, I prepared to fight, but I knew that physical blows would not deter these phantoms. 
Recalling the ancient texts I had studied before, I began to recite an incantation, a spell of binding that could immobilize these spectral entities. As the words left my lips, the figures halted, their forms becoming unstable. The air wavered with the power of the incantation, creating a barrier between me and the apparitions. They struggled against the invisible force, their cries turning to shrieks of frustration. Seizing the opportunity, I lunged forward, grabbing the heart of the demon. Its energy surged through me, a torrent of darkness that threatened to overwhelm my senses. With every ounce of willpower, I placed it into the box and shut the lid, containing its malevolent presence. The chamber ceased its tremors, and the spectral figures dissolved into the air, their purpose unfulfilled. I stood there, the box in hand feeling its sinister pulse. The heart of the demon was finally secured. I exited the chamber, the citadel's master watching in silence. His gaze held respect and resignation. The heart of the demon was no longer within the iron citadel, and its future now rested in my hands. With the heart of the demon secured within the lead-lined box, I left. The once imposing citadel's master merely nodded, a silent acknowledgement of my victory. As I retraced my steps through the Grand Hall, the citadel seemed to groan and shudder, as if angered by the removal of its dark heart. The corridors were filled with unsettling sounds, the clanking of armor, the scraping of swords, and a chorus of ethereal wails. The citadel was awakening its defenses, calling upon its denizens to reclaim the heart. I hastened my pace, but with each step, the shadows seemed to grow longer and more sinister. From the darkness emerged iron-clad soldiers, their eyes glowing with a malevolent light. They moved with intent, blocking my path, their swords ready to strike. I drew my sword, aware that combat was inevitable, but this time I was fighting to escape with the Citadel's most guarded treasure. The clash of steel rang through the halls as I parried and struck with precision my movements fluid despite the weight of the box I carried. As I fought, I realized that brute force alone would not suffice. I needed to be cunning. Spotting a narrow passage, I sheathed my sword and sprinted towards it, the soldiers in close pursuit. The passage led to a series of interconnected chambers, each presenting its own dangers, collapsing floors, swinging blades, and hidden pits. I navigated these hazards with agility, relying on my instincts to guide me. The soldiers, bound by their armor and singular purpose, were less adept, falling prey to the traps that I narrowly avoided. Their clanking and screeching faded behind me, but I knew more would come. Emerging from the chambers, I found myself in the citadel's lower levels, a maze of dark tunnels and forgotten dungeons. The sound of footsteps echoed in the distance, a relentless rhythm that signalled the approach of more enemies. I quickened my pace as I navigated the tunnels. The lead-lined box felt heavier with each step. Suddenly the floor beneath me gave way and I plummeted into darkness. I landed with a hard thud on a lower level, the air knocked out of me. Groaning, I clambered to my feet, checking that the box was intact. It was, but now I was in an even deeper part of the citadel a place that felt devoid of life. I pressed on, 
the darkness around me seeming to pulsate with an unseen menace. The distant footsteps grew louder, more insistent. I was being herded, driven deeper into the bowels of the citadel. Then ahead, I saw it. A faint light, a sign of an exit. I surged forward, my legs burning with exertion, the sounds of my pursuers growing ever closer. As I neared the light, I realized it was an opening, a way out of the citadel. I emerged into the cold night air, the moon casting a pale light over the desolate landscape. Behind me, the iron citadel stood, its towers silhouetted against the night sky. I had escaped its confines, but the journey was far from over. The forces that guarded the heart of the demon would not rest until it was reclaimed. With a final look at the structure, I set off into the night, the weight of the box a constant companion. As I ventured further from the Iron Citadel, the terrain became rugged and treacherous, a wild landscape untouched by the hands of time. The moon cast a ghostly pallor over the land, its light my only guide through the darkness. Yet, even in this desolation, I could feel the persistent pursuit of the iron-clad soldiers, their relentless determination to reclaim the heart of the demon. I reached a narrow gorge, its walls rising steeply on either side. It was here, in this natural choke point, that I decided to make my stand. I knew that facing the soldiers in open combat was a perilous endeavour, but the gorge offered a tactical advantage. It would force them to approach in a narrow column, negating their numbers. As the first of the iron-clad soldiers appeared, their armour glinting under the moonlight, I readied myself. My sword felt heavy in my hand. The soldiers charged, their weapons drawn. I met their assault with swift, calculated strikes, exploiting the limited space they had to manoeuvre. Each clash of my sword against their armour rang through the gorge, a metallic symphony of survival. But with each fallen soldier, more seemed to take their place, a relentless tide of iron and dark magic. I realised that I could not win this battle through strength alone. I needed to outwit my foes. Recalling the layout of the land from my approach, I lured the soldiers deeper into the gorge, here the walls were scarred with deep fissures and loose rocks. As they advanced, I targeted these precarious formations with well-placed strikes, causing a rain of rocks and debris to descend upon my pursuers. The soldiers, bound by their rigid armour, were unable to evade the falling rocks. Many were buried under the rubble, while others were slowed, their movements hindered. I seized this opportunity, attacking with renewed vigour each strike a desperate bid for survival. Amidst the chaos, I noticed a particularly large boulder perched precariously above the narrowest part of the gorge. With a powerful thrust, I dislodged it, sending it crashing down onto the soldiers below. The impact was thunderous, the ground shaking under the weight of the rock slide. The dust settled, revealing a scene of destruction. The gorge was now a tomb for the iron-clad soldiers, their pursuit finally at an end. I stood among the wreckage, panting, my sword dripping with remnants of the dark magic that had animated my foes. The final battle against the iron-clad soldiers had taken everything I had, both in strength and wit. But it was a victory hard won. With the heart of the demon securely contained, 
I began the long journey back to where it all began. The landscape now greeted the dawn with a serene tranquility, as if the land itself sensed the turning of the tide. The journey back was a time for reflection. The iron citadel, with corridors and shadowy chambers, now lay behind me, but its memory lingered in my mind like a persistent fog. The battles fought, the horrors witnessed, and the challenges overcome had left an indelible mark on my soul. As I traversed through the now familiar forests and valleys, the weight of the lead-lined box was a constant companion, a physical manifestation of the burden I carried. The heart of the demon, an artifact of immense power and darkness, was both a victory and a responsibility. I pondered the fate of the heart. Its power was too great, too corrupting to be wielded by any one person. Yet in the wrong hands, it could bring about untold destruction. I realized that my journey was not just about retrieving the heart, but also about deciding its fate. Upon my return, I was greeted not as a conquering hero, but with a wary respect. The elders who had tasked me with this quest saw in my eyes the toll it had taken. In their wisdom, they understood that the journey had been as much about self-discovery as it was about the heart. Together, we decided the heart's fate. It would be secured in a place where its dark influence could be contained, guarded by those who understood the necessity of its confinement. A place not of honour, but of vigilance. As I handed over the heart, I felt a weight lift from my shoulders, but the sense of relief was marked with solemnity. The heart of the demon was a reminder of the darkness that lurked in the world, a darkness that could never be fully vanquished, only held at bay. As the heart of the demon was sealed away in its new prison, a place shrouded in secrecy and guarded by the wise, I stood before the elders, ready to report the end of my mission. But before I could speak, one of the elders, his eyes clouded with sorrow and knowledge, beckoned me to follow him to a secluded chamber. Inside, the walls were lined with ancient scrolls and artifacts, the air heavy with the scent of old parchment and mystery. The elder gestured towards a tome that lay open on a pedestal. Its pages were aged, the script upon them ancient and cryptic. This tome, the elder began, his voice low, dates back centuries to the time when the Iron Citadel was first built. It holds secrets long forgotten, secrets about the heart of the demon. He turned the page, revealing a detailed illustration of the heart, its facets intricately rendered. But it was the inscription below that caught my eye. It spoke of a prophecy, one that foretold the coming of a knight who would not only retrieve the heart, but also be its final guardian. This prophecy, I stammered, it speaks of me. The elder nodded solemnly. Yes, but there is more, a truth that we, the guardians of this knowledge, have kept hidden. He hesitated as if weighing the consequence of his next words. The heart of the demon is sentient, a living remnant of the demon itself, and it seeks a host, a guardian who can contain its darkness. A chill ran down my spine as the realization dawned on me. The struggles within the Iron Citadel, the voices in the haunted halls, the relentless pursuit by the ironclad soldiers, they were tests, a way for the heart to judge the worthiness of its would-be guardian. You were not just chosen to retrieve the heart, the elder continued. 
you were chosen to be its warden, to contain its darkness within you. The prophecy spoke of a night of great strength and purity of spirit, the only one capable of withstanding the heart's corrupting influence. I stood in stunned silence, the weight of this revelation bearing down on me. All this time the heart had been evaluating me, probing the depths of my soul to determine my worthiness. But why me? I asked, my voice barely above a whisper. The prophecy did not say, the elder replied. Perhaps it saw in you a strength that others lack, a resilience against the darkness. Or perhaps it is your connection to the citadel, a bond forged through battle and sacrifice. I thought of my journey, the battles fought, the horrors faced. The heart had been with me all along, an unseen observer, its presence a constant shadow at the edge of my consciousness. What now? I asked. The enormity of my new role as the heart's warden settling upon me. Now you must live with the heart, contain its darkness, the elder said. You must remain vigilant, for its influence is subtle and insidious, but we have faith in you in your strength and your spirit. I left the room, the revelation of my true purpose lingering in my mind. I was no longer just a knight. I was the guardian of a darkness that sought to consume the world. The heart of the demon was my charge, a burden I would bear to protect the realm from the shadows that lurked within. The path ahead would be one of eternal vigilance, a constant battle against the darkness within the heart and within myself.